Well, here we are, first Sunday of Lent. Lent's already started. And all of us know that as we begin Lent, we know that we engage in spiritual exercises, different penances, right? Maybe for some of us, adding prayers like Stations of the Cross. Uh, all of us, right, we stay, abstain from meat on Fridays, all these different things. I think sometimes for some of us, it's not always easy to get excited for Lent, right? Because we, we tend to give up the stuff that we like and um, we engage in penances that are not always pleasant. But when we ex- engage in these spiritual workouts, right, I think of often like of training that athletes undergo, especially the training that they do to increase their speed and agility. Maybe some of us have seen them, but these kind of workouts, but sometimes they drag, right? They train by dragging behind them or pushing in front of them a weighted sled, right, over a certain distance. And they do so so that as they drag or push them, um, they increase, like, the strength of their, their foot. And I forget the science of it all, but essentially, when they let go of the sled, they run faster and with greater strength. I think in one way, uh, this helps illustrate the goal of our Lenten practices, that though intense at times, right, and unpleasant, they increase our freedom. They increase our speed and agility to run with greater speed and strength the, the race of faith. Right, gives us freedom to progress uh, more quickly away from sin towards heaven. Away from attachment to sin towards greater intimacy and relationship with the Lord. I think we can see this aspect of Lent in the scriptures, especially in our gospel today. We hear that the Holy Spirit drives Jesus into the desert to be there for 40 days where he's tempted by the devil. And we hear this and some of us may wonder why this happens. But I think one of the reasons why is that it gives us an illustration again of this context of Lent. But to understand that we first have to recognize that there's a parallel going on here between what Jesus is doing and what Israel was going through in the book of Exodus. Going back to the Old Testament, we remember that moment where God freed his people, Israel, from uh, oppression and slavery to Pharaoh. And he was leading, leading them through the desert, through the wilderness, for 40 years to the promised land. Now, going back to the gospel, we can start to make connections, right, from the Old Testament. We see that Jesus, and it says specifically, spends 40 days in the desert. Again, he is reliving, right, the journey of his people, Israel, and his person. But not only that, he is taking on himself, upon himself, representing all of sinful humanity from all the ages, And he is now engaging in a new exodus. And so with his exodus, Jesus is coming from somewhere, representing us going towards somewhere else. Where he's coming from, in the context of the gospel, is baptism in the Jordan. He's received a baptism from from John the Baptist. And some must remember John the Baptist protesting, saying, why, Jesus? Right? You don't need, right, this baptism of repentance. So Jesus, right, assured him that it's for all righteousness. In other words, that baptism was the beginning of Jesus taking upon himself our sins, being in solidarity with all of humanity and carrying it through to the cross. But that helps us understand that instead of going from, like Israel, uh, away from slavery to Pharaoh, Jesus, representing all of us, shows a new exodus is a journey away 
from slavery to sin. And where is he going? Where is he taking us? He's taking us to the Father's house, to the new uh, promised land, the new Jerusalem, right, that of heaven. And so Jesus, who lives in us, Jesus, who lives in us in our baptism, right, is driving us in the Holy Spirit towards that new place, towards heaven. In fact, in fact, we've uh, given him permission, right, or meant to. The purpose of our baptism is given him permission to lead us in that exodus away from our former way of life, of sin, towards, right, holiness, towards that relationship with God in heaven. And so with this context in mind, right, Lent, we see this new exodus reminds us that our Lent and our Lenten practices, what we give up, what we pray, it's meant to facilitate this movement towards greater freedom. So the question is, the question for all, the, all of us to ask ourselves, have we chosen Lenten practices that are geared towards driving out sin in our lives? Are we engaging in penances that help us grow in freedom? Maybe we're not so sure. So just provide three examples, right, our, our ideas to help us kind of think through this more with the Lord, what, that, what those kind of practices might look like. So the first, right, we'll take a look at the sin of greed. Maybe greed is something that we often struggle with. Maybe we just want more money, just want more stuff. So maybe a good Lenten practice would simply be greater almsgiving. Maybe you could just take an inventory of your house, different areas, right, or different, um, I don't know, things like clothes or books or uh, music, whatever it be, um, and make an inventory of how much is extra. Like, what don't you need? And then maybe just resolve once a week is to donate that extra piece of clothes or shoes or something to maybe Salvation Army down the road, to St. Vincent de Paul, right, or um, whatever uh, kind of charity. And that way, right, begin to curb the inclination, that temptation towards greed. Or maybe something else. Maybe another practice can be that when we're out buying something, maybe we're getting ready for that new golf season down, down the road or uh, simply some new furniture or, or whatever it be, maybe a new car, is to take a look at what's the best thing your money can buy? What's the absolute best thing you, you can afford? Take a look at it. And then choose to buy something that's one level down. Maybe it's not the best, but it's still good, right? Still something reliable. But the point is, is by, by choosing not to go for the best, but going one step down, again, curbing that inclination to grasp for more, right? Curbing that uh, temptation for greed. Let's take a look at another one. Two more. One, gossip. Right? Gossip, think a practice can look like this. Maybe daily, uh, making a point of identifying in someone a gift that they have from God. And this gift, I don't mean, right, something that they own uh, physically or materially. I mean something intrinsic to their character, to their personality, a way that God loves others through them. So maybe you notice that someone's really generous, maybe with their time or their things. Maybe someone just has this trait of joy. The invitation there is once you identify it, is to go up to them and tell them. Let them know. Even giving a concrete example of a time you've seen them work in that way or, or act in that way. 
thing is, for some of us, right, this could be a difficult thing to do because we're not used to it or it might be just seem weird. But that's a good penance. If it's hard, that's good. Also, right, it's, again, it curbs against gossip because sometimes you want to just talk about the bad things someone else has done to us or others. Right? But this way, we grow in a recognizing the good in others. Also, another thing we could do is make a point of journaling our grievances we have against someone first. Maybe taking five minutes or 15 if there's a lot, right? And present them to the Lord right before a crucifix. And as you're presenting them before God in a crucifix, ask God to share with you what was on his heart for this person while he was on the cross. What was he thinking of? How was he loving them? We ask him how he was preparing to forgive them. And once you receive from the Lord, as he's sharing with you, then ask for his heart for that person. The last one we can look at is anger. For anger, perhaps you can do the same practices as with gossip. But also, maybe you can make the point to pray, right, daily, once a day. Maybe you could start for every three days, right? Is to pray blessings upon a person that has made you angry. And I don't mean just pray for their conversion. Absolutely do so, right? But to pray for God to bless them with his love, bless them with his joy, bless them with happiness. Now, I know when that can be really difficult to do, especially when we're angry, especially when they've caused an injustice toward us, I know. And sometimes that situation involves a lot of forgiveness and the inner healing for the hurt. But to curb against any uh, sinful wrath, any unjust anger, right, pray blessing upon them, right? That could be a good practice. So these are just a few examples. So it might be helpful for you to ask the Lord Jesus, for all of us, to ask the Holy Spirit to identify in your life what is a sin, right, that you're most tempted towards, a sin that is always kind of inviting you to uh, go back, right, to itself, like this attachment. And ask the Holy Spirit not only to identify it, but to inspire you with a Lenten practice that can give you greater freedom.